Welcome to the Tech and Main Presents Podcast with your host, Sean St. Hill. Sean is the CEO of Tech and Main, a technology consulting firm in Atlanta, Georgia. Listen in as thought leaders share their tips and insights about what's going on in the world of technology. And now, here's your host, Sean St. Hill. Thank you for joining another episode of Tech and Main Presents, where we bring you the best insights from today's leaders and experts in technology. Today, we will be speaking with Farida Shahid. Farida is the CEO and founder of Sakuva, where she helps parents and caretakers keep their kids safe online. Farida is a Forbes 30 Under 30 honoree and has been named Cybersecurity Personality of the Year. This lady is so accomplished and such a servant. Farida, welcome to the Tech and Main Presents podcast. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate you. Oh, you're welcome. Hey, it's the guest that makes the podcast. And so we are going to have some fun over the next few moments. Um, But before we get too far, why don't you go ahead and share your background with our audience? Absolutely. So I have a background in cybersecurity awareness and threat intelligence. And then from there, I started a business, the Sakuva. And my main thing is making sure that parents are able to protect their kids online holistically. So that means giving kids the freedom they want and the safety and security that they need. And I take from my background, not only in the threat intelligence and the cybersecurity aspect, but also gaming. So I'm a huge gamer. People can't see it now, but most of my backgrounds, I have a like a gaming headphone in the background. So I have a lot of experience in the gaming world and not as a professional. Most people think I'm in a professional world, but more like as a as a consumer of some of these games. And I take my, my experience as gaming as a kid and help, and help parents understand why their kids love games and why they love playing it and why they talk to strangers and <laughs> all of those okay. types of things. So, Farida, let's, let's dig into something a little bit here. So, one, folks oh. can't see the two of us talking, but... You you do look and well and obviously from your from your bio I mean you're you're thirty under thirty so you're of that age and of that vintage where gaming isn't like what it was when I was coming up where you had you know the original Nintendo so I mean we were in an eight bit world tell our audience what are some of your favorite games what are you what are you into what do you like to you know kind of um, play. Right now, since I'm so busy, I have like a focus on one game or two games. <laughs> and my main one that I play is League of Legends. That's the one I love the most. But I have other games downloaded on my computer. But that's the one that I play most of the time whenever I get a free moment after spending time with family or whatever it is. So that's the one I love. Growing up, I used to play a lot of pay-to-win games, what we call them. So <laughs> the people that won the most of the ones who played <laughs> The, the game the most it was like the free mobile games you get in the app you're not really sure if you got a virus so <laughs> it was those games random games they would have like uh, a bunch of people building like houses or like armies and they would attack the other ones those like those random games that your kids are begging you to get and you have no idea what those are those are the games that were I was playing okay growing okay up. great so yeah I remember my sister she was big into SimCity back in the day Yes, I had a lot of friends who loved that, and World of Warcraft as well. Two, both of yeah, and then my daughter, not so much now, but when she was in middle school, um, she and her friends were into Minecraft, and so you know, just yeah, look, gaming and esports are amazing to me. 
right? I mean, there's so much opportunity, not just from a, hey, there's a new game to play, you know, but for parents, I mean, I see parents taking their kids literally like all over the country to these, um, you know, conferences and contests. And then for the kids, Mm -hmm. hey, if I'm playing a game and there's tens of thousands of dollars on the line, Farida, uh, you can't argue with that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No, it's a huge, and it's so, so big. I mean, you have kids that are, that are earning a lot of money and that's their professional ways of income. So, I mean, yes, a huge yeah, industry. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> All right, well, Farida, thank you for um, allowing me to go off on that tangent a little bit. You're welcome. Tell us, so you are the founder and CEO of Sakuba. What has you most excited about your daily work? The transformation, the impact that we're making. I mean, it's it's because when we talk about online safety with kids, there's a lot of focus on the tech and the monitoring and the controls and the the, the predators and the danger of the online space. And while I do talk about that a lot, because it's a huge part of how you protect your kids online, or is knowing the dangers, knowing what's out there, also knowing what principal controls you need to turn on or when do you turn it off, if you ever turn it off, those are discussions we have to have. But the discussion that's missing are, are holistic discussions, our heart-filled discussions, what I call them, our discussions about therapy, things that matter, right? Healing your inner child, understanding how to connect with your kids, having great conversations with them, connect, understanding why do they like gaming? Why do they like scrolling on TikTok? What is this thing? What are, what are reels? What are duets? Those are things that we get into in terms of how do you connect with your kid as an individual, as a soul, as a human being, so that you can holistically protect them, whether it's online or offline. I focus on online, but I talk about things that are underneath. I talk about intergenerational trauma, <laughs> right? You don't think that when we're talking about safety, we're going to talk about interge- excuse me, intergenerational trauma or um, you're healing your inner wounds or talking about shadow work, those type of things that that actually affects how you're parenting your kids and how you're, how you're, affect, how you're approaching digital safety and digital parenting. I also approach all the content with positivity and with hope and with encouragement and empowerment versus, oh my God, this bad thing is over there. Now, now parents are feeling like, oh, I need to pull the plug and I'm going to go cry. And I don't know, I'm a, such a bad parent and I'm not doing this. So my content is focused on parent empowerment, no parent shaming, parent encouragement, and making sure that a family is a family first and foremost so that we can protect them. Because kids that are protected aren't kids that have the most parental monitoring or controls. They're the kids that are emotionally safe with their parents. Wow. Okay, Farida. (laughs) This just went six layers deep, right? So here it is. I'm thinking, all right, this accomplished young lady is going to be talking about, you know, just at a very high level, you know, what sort of, you know, measures to put in place to protect your child. You know, you do this with screen time, you do that. But you went to healing your inner child. You, yes. you talked about positivity and, and families that are whole and that um, interact with each other. Okay, I'm not even sure where to go next because my mind's literally <laughs> blown. But Farida, how did you come to the decision to incorporate that 
and not just be a, you know, typical cybersecurity, you know, analyst or or someone that just, you know, pushes, hey, you know, download this so that your kids can't, you know, get to this site. Like, why the holistic approach, I guess, is the question. Absolutely. It comes from actually my background. I didn't talk too much about this, but as a kid. So as a kid, I actually, I was born in the United States and Maryland in particular. And then I moved to Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. So I actually lived in the Middle East for the most of my growing up. So now I know Arabic and English. I consider myself like an accidental Arab. So not only am I a Black American, but I'm also accidentally a little bit Arab. So <laughs> that's a background. And because I went to a different country at such a young age, the I was introduced to a different culture and different language, and I was completely different. So when I got to Saudi Arabia, I only knew English, and maybe I knew like a couple Arabic words, just maybe maybe five or ten maximum in total. Could not carry a conversation, did not know what you were saying. And my parents decided to put me in an all Arabic oh, school. Wow. They were like, you're going to do this. You're going to figure you're eight years old. Your brain is working overtime. You got this. So <laughs> they had a lot of faith in me. And I was like, I don't even know what they're talking about. Uh, so and think of like every subject under you know the sun, math, science, um, of course, not English, but all of the subjects are all in Arabic. And I had to figure out how to understand something that was completely out of this world. I had no context for how to, what is what, what is what. I didn't have a dictionary. We didn't have the smartphones. None of that was available. I just had to figure it out through context of what they were saying and then piece things together. It's similar to like a baby where someone would point to something and they would say something and it's gibberish. But I now I associate that thing with that thing that you pointed. So that was how my little brain was working on overtime. But what happened was it took me a couple of weeks to get to a point where I was fluent. And I had a lot of people, teachers and people and students who made me feel dumb and stupid and inadequate for not understanding what they were trying to say when they were saying basic things. And so that made me very insecure about learning and understanding things. And so that traveled with me throughout my life where I didn't I was afraid of not knowing something. I always wanted to know something. And if someone made me feel less than for not knowing something, that would trigger some childhood wounds that I had. So when I got when I grew up and I got into the cybersecurity industry, one of the things I saw a lot of security professionals do when they're talking to people who are non-technical, they're not security savvy, is they would say that they're dumb, they're stupid, they're inadequate, they're not enough because you don't understand cybersecurity concepts. We've we've been over the security controls of whatever controls multiple times. You still keep clicking on links. Your kids still are on this website. Why haven't you done X, Y, and Z? And it would always bother me and I never understood why. And I always knew I was very fascinated with human psychology and emotions and behavioral science and all of those type of things. And I looked at it and I was like, okay, the reason you're triggered is because something happened as a kid. So I looked back and I realized that I'm not liking it because of what I experienced as a kid in Saudi Arabia. So I decided when I was going to speak to these associates or employees or C-level executives or whoever I'm talking to or a parent or a kid, I'm going to speak to them like they're their intelligent, whole, full human being that they are. And they just don't happen to know security and safety. And I'm just sharing information from human to human. They know something about another subject that I know nothing about. And I know something about security that they don't know anything about. So that is where the holistic nature came from. I wanted to make sure that we have an understanding, safe, beautiful space so that we can learn. And then as I started going through my healing journey, I'm still in it. It's never ending where I was learning how to heal my inner wounds and my childhood wounds. And also I have a very close relationship with my parents. My mom in particular was going through a lot of changes and she was learning how to be better to herself, to treat herself better. 
And she in turn became a better mother to me during that process. So I started to connect that when parents are more holistic and they're they're healing their inner child, that affects their kids. And the kids are the same, it affects their parents and affects the entire family. And so that's when I decided to input not only understanding what I call the understanding space within cybersecurity, but also the holistic view so that we can protect families emotionally first, because kids who don't feel safe for their parents will not tell you what's going on with their online activities. Wow. Farida, again, <laughs> so I've done over a hundred episodes, right? I've talked to people from all walks of life, CEOs, you know, founders, whomever. Um, it is, this, this is definitely the first time that one, I'm this speechless and two, this moved, right? Because thinking of eight-year-old Farida in that environment where, and my wife's a teacher, right? So, and she teaches third grade, which is probably, right, where you would have been, yes. you know, second, third grade, somewhere in there. And so I'm thinking of you growing up in Maryland, going over to Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, right? Not, not in the next state over, right? But like literally on the other side of the world and, and, and being immersed in a society where you not only don't speak the language, I mean, there's just so much going on, right? And the trauma and the experience that you had as an eight-year-old would later serve as the foundation for how you approach people and how you approach cybersecurity Farida, seriously, I mean, it's beautiful, it's poetic, it's, I mean, just so much going through my mind, and it's more than what I expected, but I'm thankful that it's more than what I expected, right? Because what you're, what you're sharing is that there's, yeah, at our core, we all want to be loved, we all want to be respected, yes. right? And what you are doing is just the, the sweetest, most compassionate thing, honestly, I've heard in this space because technology people, we always walk in like we're the smartest people in the room, right? And it is so condescending most of the time because like you said earlier, we're talking about people's intelligence and why don't you understand this, that, and the other. And even with our kids, right? It happens sometimes in the reverse, right? Where the, Absolutely. you know, interviewed one lady who's the VP of technology at her company and her kid knows more about her iPhone than she does, right? I mean, so there's there's just so much going on, but I just, again, I, I love what you said about, you know, kids who feel safe, right? Who feel loved and who feel connected to their parents. Um, those are the ones that parents are gonna be able to get through to and have the conversations that need to be had, you know, in this online digital world that we live in. Absolutely. So thank you for making space for that, because I believe that that's that is the real foundation of safety online, because we're, we're always talking about we're putting like a Band-Aid solution. Let's get into why that we need the Band-Aid, what's happening underneath, what has caused these problems. That's what I am. I am excited about that. So cybersecurity is my method of creating impact in the world. But if I wasn't in cybersecurity, I'd be, I would be doing the same exact thing, but for something else. But because cybersecurity is such a new and, and 
a field that is always changing, is always growing, it fascinated me. And I, I knew that my place was here versus technology in general, because in, in college, my major actually was just IT, it was just information technology. And I was looking at these, I was like, what am I going to do with this? This is like... <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't feel anything in this. I mean, no, no, no shade for people who are doing just IT in general. It's, it's totally fine. I just didn't know where did I fit in. But as soon as I saw cybersecurity, I felt like there were so many things missing. But I didn't know then yet. So that this is just me talking in the future. I didn't know what exactly was missing. But I felt like this is this is my home. Oh, that's awesome. So, Farida, again, thank you one for sharing because you know that's obviously you know very personal. But it's going to help somebody. You know, there's, there's someone that will hear this. And whether it's a parent, you know, their child, they will come away a better person for having heard you share your story. So, you know, thank you for honoring us with that. I, I really do appreciate it. That's all I want. So I'm so happy to hear that. <laughs> My day oh. has been made. <laughs> hey, you've made mine, too. Because um, listening to you, I yes. mean, seriously, <laughs> Farida, I'm over here in my feelings. I'm like, oh, I might need to step away for a moment. I mean, like it's, <laughs> you know, so here, here we are post-pandemic, right? And, you know, we're, we're coming out of, you know, the racism and social justice of, you know, 2020. You know, I'm here in Atlanta, um, you know, so last week you had um, two interesting things, right? You had Kyle Rittenhouse get off basically scot-free, you know, in Wisconsin, I think. And then, you know, you had um, the folks that took Ahmaud Arbery's life, you know, thankfully they were all found guilty. We are just living in such a tumultuous time, right? And that spills over into our digital lives, right? Um, And so it's good to know that there are folks like yourself that have feeling compassion and empathy and are trying to do right and do great things, you know, in that digital space. So yeah, thank you. Again, try not to sound I'm trying not to sound redundant, but this is like this is so amazing. (laughs) Farida, um it really appreciate it. Oh my gosh. Like seriously, seriously, this is such good stuff. And um, you know, as a parent I'll be honest with you. Sometimes I feel like, okay, we we're doing a good job, right? But but is there um, is there more that we could be doing? And I think what I'm getting from this is, you know, I need to do a better job of connecting with my daughter as just a person, right? Just as a 14, almost 15 year old, right where she is in life. Right? And perfect that. And then all the other things, you know, her online presence and, you know, Discord and, you know, Twitter and TikTok and all that. Like, what I'm hearing from you is all of that gets solved when there's that better connection and that better relationship. Absolutely. I, I always say the first step is taking care of yourself as a parent, healing yourself as a parent, figuring out what are your triggers, what are, what's impacting your relationship with your daughter, with your son, with whoever they are, and making sure that you are connecting with yourself first, then connecting with your kids. And then everything else comes. Then you go into, okay, what is the exact security setting or safety setting or parental control if you want to do that? 
And I have, because of the foundation of holistic safety, sometimes I'll say things in certain parent groups that feel controversial to them. So one controversial thing in the parent group is I don't believe that every single family needs to monitor their kids. So there's certain people that teach that every single family has to monitor their kids, no matter what age they are, as soon as like it, every, everyone has to monitor their kids. And I rarely have a security or safety rule that applies to every single family. I believe there are certain things that are applying not, not just to one family, but one kid. So you might have multiple kids and you might need to monitor one kid, but not the other. Maybe you need to monitor this one for a season or a reason. Another one's a lifetime until they're out of the house. Like, you know? <laughs> it, it, everyone, there's no, there's, there's a very rare blanket uh, comment for everything. Now, of course, I'm going to have blanket comments for general safety and security, but when it comes to, to specific things, it will change. It's not, not every kid is raised the same and every, every, every child is a person. And so that person is a very complex individual. And that's why parenting, and I'm uh, full transparency, I am not a parent and I do not claim to be a parenting expert at all. I, people ask me random parenting questions. Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> like, I, I have never raised a child in my life. <laughs> not even close. I don't even have siblings. I'm actually the oh, wow. only child. So it, it allowed me to mature really quickly because I had, all I had was adult things. I read thousands and thousands of books growing up. So what I'm coming from is just things that a lot of people who did a lot of research in psychology and behavior and, and transformational, I'm just taking though that and then adding it to security. That is it. So if you go and read books like I'm Enough, I'm Mr. Peer, or The Body Keeps the Score, I can't, I can't pronounce the names, so I'm not even going to try to. You talk about um, It Didn't Start With You. If you go into The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks, if you read those, those books, that you can get a foundation of, okay, how can I use these concepts to heal myself and my family, mostly yourself, and then you'll just heal your family. It's like the man in the mirror. You focus on yourself, everything is, 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 is done from there. So when people say, oh, how do we change the world? Change yourself. The world, everyone is looking at the world and this and that and these people and that person and that problem. Those problems get solved when we all focus on ourselves. I'm not saying that we can't, go and fight for something because I'm fighting for something every day. I'm fighting for child safety every day. But it also means that when I get home, I'm not worried about other people's problems. I'm worried about my problem so that I can affect everyone around me, my friends, my family. And think about that. If everyone went and said, okay, I'm going to do the best I can do. Let's just say day or night. In the daytime, I'm going to do the best I can do to heal the world that I live in. Maybe I have a bit of money. I'm going to donate to a charity. Maybe I have a voice in something. I went through something personally, so I'm going to make sure other people don't do that. I see injustice there, so I'm going to fight for that. I'm going to protest. I'm going to do whatever I can do for that. And then when you get home, you go, okay, how can I heal myself and my family and everyone around us? A lot of people, when they're fighting for something externally, that means they're fighting in their in self, themselves internally. So when you're so focused on other people, that means you're running away from something internally. So if you can't focus on yourself, then that means that something's going on. And that's the moment that you got to focus on yourself. So for me, when we're so focused on, you know, that every family has to do this and this and this and that, well, what, what are you doing? What's going on inside? Because that means you're not comfortable inside. And that's the way that I approach security and safety. So if I don't know, if I don't know an answer to something, I just, I don't know. I'm not giving out some BS advice because these are people's kids. I mean, I don't, I don't play with people's kids. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to say everyone has to do something because these are real lives that I'm affecting by saying something. We don't realize that there is, there are power 
there's power in our words. So just because a million million people don't follow me does not mean I don't have power. And and in fact, a lot of studies show, and in terms of social media, the smaller the audience you have, the more impactful you are to them. So, (laughs) okay. So Farida, um, this is officially a masterclass, right? And, and it, and it wasn't even (laughs) planned, which, which, you know, which is beautiful. Um, so again, you touched on so many good things. I just keep coming back to the individual, right? You, you talked about, you know, the the man in the mirror and, you know, dealing with yourself. What a difference would be made in this world if we all did that and took that advice, right? Michael Jackson had a song of the same title, right? Back in the 80s and he talks about, you know, I'm looking at the man in the mirror. I'm asking him to change his ways, right? No message can be any clearer. If you want to make the world a better place, take a look at yourself and then make that change, right? Make the change. And, you know, we, which, which speaks to another powerful medium, and that is, you know, music, right? And, you know, you talked about the power of words. I would also add, you have to be cognizant of what you're listening to, right? And so I'm I'm not gonna sit here and critique, you know, all music genres and and all musical artists. I'm just saying, you know, if if you are feeding yourself, where if you're feeding yourself things that are you know degrading and demeaning, I'm just saying you you should be mindful of that, you know. If what you're listening to is, you know, B's and H's and, you know, this, that, and the other, and, you know, take this one out and do this, you should be mindful of that. And I'll just, I'll just leave that there. Absolutely. I'm very, even as an individual, if I see a song, there's songs that are just so, so catchy, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And if I if I see a song title that I'm like, absolutely not, I'm just going to say, I don't want to listen. I don't even want to know it's catchy. And if for me personally, it's really important to know what I'm actually consuming. So I have a playlist that is a playlist of just positivity. There are playlists just instrumental. Um, there's like epic music. I love soundtrack music. It's my favorite one of my favorite genres ever ever like just that's it it's it's my favorite uh most likely i'd be the one in the movie theater when the trailer comes on like oh i think that's that artist and everyone's like are you paying attention to the trailer like no 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 i think it's this artist oh my god let me see you know that's that's just me um but also for me if i can't if a song i listen to every single genre under under mankind like I, I people are very surprised but i'm like i don't i don't care if it sounds good to me i'm going to listen to it as long as it's not terrible i'm listening to it and sometimes sometimes it's like on the edge but i, I can find a way to make it right you know i'm like okay in this context we're okay with this you know <laughs> but it's really important to be what i'm consuming i even stopped listening not listening to watching certain shows if i can't put it in a certain context is it, it i realize it actually affects my day it affects my mood. It affects everything. So if I'm consuming this, and I talk to this, I talk to parents about this with their kids. Like, tell your kids to be mindful of the accounts that they're following. If they're they're following an account that makes them upset, you know, don't follow the account. I don't care if they're popular. <laughs> don't follow. It's it's 
it's not it's not it's not giving you what i call like the net positive overall it's not a positive experience so you might not want to follow that oh account. that's so good so farida what what you're talking about and i and i love how you followed up on my statement but what you talked about is really being discerning right so yes again it's it's not necessarily you know hey exclude this exclude that you know kind of just set it off but it's you know hey engage with it right listen to it check it out see what's going on and then be discerning and then the wonderful advice about hey your kids are being triggered by this particular account they're following it's okay to unfollow right it's that's a huge thing. It seems very simple, but a lot of people don't want to do that. They do not want to mute. They don't want to unfollow because they feel it feels weird to do that. <laughs> well, again, um, tremendous advice. So, uh, Farida, we've we've just kind of jumped all over the place, which is what I love about you know doing these podcasts and just the you know the different you know trails that you get to go down. I mean, you've you've I think touched on you know what are the major issues facing, you know, your clients and the people that you serve. Um, and you've, you know, certainly given a lot of great advice on, you know, how to deal with, you know, one child, maybe you do need to, you know, be more strict and not so much with the other child. But I, I want to give space to you, you know, are there any other things that you would like to share specifically about, you know, major issues that clients and parents face, and then, you know, solutions to those issues? Well, of course, what we talked about is a huge solution, not solution, solution <laughs> to all of the issues we talked about. However, of course, there are going to be more. It's never ending. One thing is because it's never ending, please do not feel like you have to know more than your kids or more like you have to know everything about security or safety. There's this huge thing of, well, my kids know more. My kids, similar to what we talked about with someone who was like the head of technology in a company and their kid knew more about the iPhone than them. So even then, it doesn't matter. You're, I always tell parents, your kid needs a guide, not a tech expert. Being a tech expert is great. It's amazing. You might be able to do some, you know, you know, um, do things with a network or their their devices or whatever it is or the application to make it a little bit more tuned to what you want as a parent. But if you can't do that, you're not a bad parent. Really, the the mark of a good parent is a parent that's trying and continuously trying and continuously trying to connect with themselves and their kid. I mean, those like, kids, people, human beings, we're resilient. Now think of how many of people, or uh, I can just say us in general, come from really, really traumatic backgrounds where you have survived some, some BS trauma, whether it's your family, your friends, whether it was the environment, whether it's because you're a minority in some case, your kids are resilient. So I'm not saying you're intentionally putting something on somebody because that's a whole other topic that people do and I don't understand. I'm like, why are you trying to <laughs> intentionally traumatize this kid? Um, but with life in general, life is going to happen. But when kids have a loving, safe environment, they can heal from it quicker, faster, easier, and smoothly. That's all. It's not that you're protecting your kids from everything imaginable. It's that you're giving them the space to heal because they're going to have to heal from something. If it's not from one thing, it's going to be from the other. So do the best that you can do and everything else, that foundation will take care of it. That's why the foundation is there. 
when you are doing the top layer of, of security, everything is start. It's just, it's crumbling all the time. That incident happens, crumble. That incident happens, crumble. This one and everything shattered. Then how do you put the pieces back together? It feels that way. But when you have a foundation, even though things may feel shattered, you know that you have the foundation to build your family back up again, because things can happen. I'm not never going to say that if you put this security thing, then something's never going to happen. It's just that you're you're mitigating what we call in security, like mitigating the risk as much as possible, right? <laughs> you're making sure that that is least likely to happen based off of the actions that you're taking. Or if it does happen, you have a fallback plan. So for parents, if your kids are on an application or they're on social media, then make sure that you, first of all, you know the social media, but sometimes I have parents that go, oh my God, I got like eight kids. <laughs> and, 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 and seven of them are old enough to have a phone or operate the device. I don't know what they have in there, right? So that's when we go back to the foundation because you're as a parent, you're already over, overworked already. But if you can understand the applications and where your kids are, that is the best possible. And you can just know exactly like here are the applications they're using and make sure you have security settings. So always go under the settings and look at security, look at privacy, and then look at um, parental control. So those three settings, security, privacy, and safety. And what do I say now? Not security, privacy, and safety. Security, privacy, and parental controls. Thank you. They're always under the settings. And so when you look at the settings, you can go there, you can turn things on and off as you please. Typically, organizations, they will make it very easy for you to do that. Now, there are certain applications that make it very hard to turn on certain parental controls. I'll name one in particular because it pisses me off sometimes. I had to do a whole video for my clients. <laughs> but it's Amazon in particular. So this huge thing with kids one-click buying things on Amazon. And there was a case, I believe it was like a, a year ago or a couple months ago, where this kid bought like $3,000 worth of things on Amazon because they could just click bam, bam to the house. And Amazon was like, we're not going to refund that to you. You bought it. It's non-refundable. So in Amazon, there are ways to turn that off. But because they want to make money, they're going to make it as hard as possible to get there. But typically, most of the applications your kids are using is very easy it's under the settings. That's number one. Number two is get help. <laughs> you don't have to do this alone. Like there's, there's this, this feeling that you have to know everything and then you have to do it alone. You don't have to do it alone. You can contact someone like me. And you can say, hey, I have actually a free text line that I give parents. And I'm like, they can text me with any questions. You can get asked like, okay, I need a checklist on this, or I need help on that. Or can I have a video on this? Or is there a course on this? Or can I talk to you about that? Because you you don't have to do it alone. You should never, ever do it alone. Like what's the, Af is the African um, proverb that yes. says it takes a village to raise a, to, to raise a kid? Yes. Yeah. To raise a child. So when it comes to security and safety, please do know. Because the world is changing. Now we're getting into the metaverse. Yeah. It's going to be huge. You're, yeah. You're going to have to know. Oh, and Farida, it's it's great to know that we have folks like yourself that are willing to come alongside parents and help them navigate how to keep their kids safe online. And so, and of course, we'll, you know, have all of your wonderful contact information um, in the show notes. But Again, yeah, just, you know, in everything that you shared, I, it's a big sigh of relief, you know, just being able to hear yes. you and listen to you because I'm like, oh, there are good, solid people in the world that are not only fighting the good fight when it comes to cybersecurity and online safety, but you're also fighting the good fight of helping parents and kids not be 
you know, at odds with each other, but, you know, really be allies, right? And I know for some parents, that's going to hit differently because you're like, well, I'm the parent and I'm not the ally. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to certain things, you want to be more ally and less parent. And I have a personal story that I won't go into, but, you know, if you are not, um, if you're not careful, look, your kids are going to do things. I mean, look, my daughter's in ninth grade. So kindergarten years and the, you know, fall festival years, those are, do- those are done, right? So we're at a different place in life and we're at a different place in our relationship, right? And so it's like, I'm, honestly, I feel like this is a counseling session, Frida. It's like, I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Like seriously, I need to get. You did not like, sign up for this. I need to get your cash app and, <laughs> and send to you like an hourly rate. I mean, this is like so good because you're giving me a lot to think about. And I, I do want to. You brought up an amazing point. First of all, thank you. When any anytime someone says they feel relieved after talking to you, I'm like, okay, good. And if people feel scared, then I go, okay, let's go back. Because sometimes they, we wouldn't go into really scary topics and I can go real deep, real scary, real fast. But that's not, that doesn't, that means nothing if you can't have any action behind it. So I love when I, when I hear someone say, like, I feel, I feel good. One thing I want to say, because you brought up a really great point about the relationship between child and parent, you don't have to be their best friend. I'm not saying you're buddy buddies and you, you know, you go skip on the sidewalk and get ice cream every weekend. Like that's, <laughs> that's not what connecting with. I mean, of course, that's the one version of it, but we tend to go to extreme and I have parents go, oh my God, like I said, eight kids, five kids, three kids, one kid. And you're like, oh my God, this kid is driving me nuts. I have a full-time job. I'm doing this. Or I don't have a full-time job. I'm at home with my kid, but I'm stressed out. I cannot handle this one. This, 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 you know, this child is going crazy. So I always tell parents that it's about connecting. Connecting looks different for every parent and every every relationship is completely different. One connecting is skipping down the street, not street. What did I say street? <laughs> skipping down the street and getting chocolate or ice cream. And another connecting is just having a conversation. How was your day? Well, my day was this. Da, da, da. They feel comfortable talking to you. Another comfort is being comfortable being yourself or talking about your opinions. Another comfort. So it doesn't have to be that you're best friends. Also, you don't have to have the best relationship in the world. That's like a crazy thing because it's, it's best if you have the, a great relationship. But sometimes, and just like, and we have to think about this, just like friends or just like family members, you might like a person and love them, but you don't know how to connect as a human being. Not everyone has that relationship. Some people are just individuals that are very, they're very, now I wouldn't say that, I I don't want to say cold, but they're just aloof, I suppose, right? They're not really, they're not about really connecting with other people. They just want to do their thing, or they might have something where it just prevents them from understanding how to connect with a child or with another person. It is okay. You can still protect your kids aligned if you don't have that giddy, happy-go-lucky relationship with each other. You don't have to be best friends. Now, if you have that, that does elevate things to a different level, but that doesn't mean that if you're not there, you're not elevated, right? That just means you're in a, that's a whole other conversation. So when I talk about connecting with your kids, that really just means connect with yourself because you're a human being and another person's a human being. I connect with other human beings that are connected to themselves. You people, like when you see someone, you meet someone and they're very desperate to meet you and they don't want any, they're just like, they have nothing going on. They're just like, I, it's, oh, let me, let me think about it. Like celebrity and fan, like a huge, huge fan. 
the celebrity cannot connect with that fan as a human being because they're not they're not bringing a human being to the table. I'm not saying that you have to, but the analogy that I'm trying to make is that you have to connect with someone as an individual. Now, if you came to the celebrity and was like, oh my God, I love your movie because it connected to this, it connected to that, it helped me in my life. Now the celebrity is meeting human being versus human being. But when the celebrity is meeting, crying, screaming, I don't know, no, 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 I can't believe you're in front of me. Are you real? I'm not saying I wouldn't have that reaction if I met Oprah. So do not keep me onto this. But I'm saying that if she met me in that space, she's going to be like, okay, she's a fan. She appreciates my work, but that's it. It's surface level. So I, what I'm saying is when every relationship is completely different and you do not have to be buddy buddies, do not feel that you're a bad parent because you can't have that. You just some some kids you can't connect to like that. Like you just can't. <laughs> and then certain cultures, it's, it's different. The relationship between parent and child is completely different, but you can still have a relationship of authority, whether it's I'm the parent, you're the kid. We don't have this type of conversation. You can still add some connection into that relationship by viewing them as a human being. Oh, that is really, really good. Um, all right. So Farida, talking about young people and kind of staying there, let's give some career advice, right? So for the young people that are listening or for their parents that have, you know, young people in their lives, in their homes, what advice would you give them um, as far as looking at a career in cybersecurity? Cool. I would say, um, this is something that people say all the time. And when I heard it, I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, okay. But actually it was the best thing ever. And that's networking. That's meeting people. That's searching people. So figure out what you want to do. And that's, that's a long discussion. We can go into that a little bit in terms of what you want to do. But just in security in general, just start following people online or understanding, looking online, like what type of jobs there are in security. And then look at that and see what seems interesting to you talk to people in the field because they'll give you a different perspective because there are so many jobs that I know of that you will never, usually not always, but usually will not find an article on Google. So talk to people in the field. That's when I'm talking about networking. And then if you like someone say, Hey, can, can I help you with something? Do you have a mentorship program? Can I be, you know, can I add some value into your life? How can I be there so that I can learn more from you? Those are things that I did in my career in the very, very beginning that has like changed the course of everything. I didn't see anyone doing human behavior and security. And I literally did a Google search, human behavior and cybersecurity. First person that came up, just Dr. Jessica Barker. I was like, I don't know who this woman is, but I like her. Followed her on Twitter, messaged her one day. I said, hey, I would like to meet you. She was like, oop, I'm the UK. And I was like, well, whenever you come. Six months later, she came to the U.S. We met six months later again. We met again twice. She became my mentor. Now we have like a mentee friend, like a mentee mentor and then friendship relationship. So we call it, um, what do we call her? I can't, I can't remember what we call her uh, relationship. But anyway, it's funny. It's basically, it's it's evolved from mentee and mentor. And it's now just like, hey, we're, oh, <laughs> we're friends. That's amazing. That's amazing. And so Farida, thank you for sharing that. Um, now, we're at that place. We get to know you a little better as if we haven't already gotten to know you with the amazing things that you shared. But specifically, the following questions are around um, your favorite musician and band, hobby, and then favorite place to visit on vacation. So let's start with your favorite musician or band. That's difficult, obviously. I think I don't 
I don't know. There isn't a really a musician or a band, but there is. Uh, if I could name one off the top of my head, actually, just Spotify. What was it called? Wrap wrapped up, up or yes, whatever Spotify just came up. out. It's uh-huh. like December wrapped up. Yes. So apparently, one of my favorite, according to Spotify, and they know because they're tracking all your numbers. You know the data science, but according to Spotify, my favorite artist is Afasio Cross. I believe I'm pronouncing his name correctly. I am one of the top 0.05% of people that that like of listeners of his his albums and everything. He is absolutely a genius and he's amazing. He does epic epic epicore, epic classical soundtrack, epic music, anything epic, like things that you hear in movies. Okay. Just like zoom. I mean, oh my God. Just perfect. So yes. Anything under that genre, that's one of my favorites. But I love every single genre. I have thousands of songs. I have so many. I listen to, I think, at least 800 new artists oh, wow. this year. So I'm <laughs> I'm always in search of good music. I don't care what it is. Oh, that's, hey, you know what? <laughs> Variety is the spice of life, Farida. It really is. Exactly. All right. So how about a favorite hobby or pastime? Definitely game. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> gaming and then another thing is very very actually very same playing field is connecting with new people learning new cultures that and you get to do that through gaming so that's why it's one of my favorite things i get to combine okay. both so let me yeah. ask you this um when did you first realize that gaming could allow you to connect with someone maybe over in the uk or you know over in another country. Do you remember kind of when that was? The moment I got into the games. That that moment I saw the chat and I was like, oh wait, we're they're the from there. Oh, that's it. And I remember as a kid, my parents told me not to talk to strangers online and that did not that didn't go over well. So <laughs> I I still did it because that's that's what I wanted to do. And that's why I have a lot of stories. I talked about it. My Yahoo feature just came out today and I went a little bit deeper into that. And 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 me talking to random people and meeting random people and the the experiences I had as a as a kid on the online space being like the only woman in the room. So that's how I that's another thing. Like I said, I think in the beginning, that's how I get some of my experiences to teach parents how to approach gaming and <laughs> talking to strangers and all oh, those things. <laughs> I, I I love that answer. Um, all right, so you know, obviously, well read. You know, your music palette you know, is vast traveling, you know, where do you like to go on vacation? What's your, what's your favorite place to visit? I haven't traveled in a bit, but I would like to go back to Saudi. That sounds crazy to say right now. Oh my God. If I heard myself five, six years ago, I've been like Lent, but it's, it's my second home. It's where I grew up. So I like to go back for a bit, maybe Dubai as well. So UAE in general, I suppose, and and just go back for a couple of months. That's I would like to do. Also, would like to go back to Panama because I've been to Panama before. It's my background. Oh, wow. is Panamanian. Okay. So I would love to go. Yeah, so I would love to go back there, um, learn Spanish, be there for a couple months. So okay. yeah, and travel the world in general. Right. Because hello, the world is big. <laughs> the world is big. It's, it's a beautiful place, you know. And I think one of the things that I've enjoyed with doing this podcast is, you know, talking to people like literally from around the world, right? So Latvia, never been there physically, but having spoken to someone there, you get that feel and you're like, okay, if we were to come visit, where would we go eat? Right. And so that's 
yeah, the, the world really is an amazing place. And people at their core are good, right? That's why you can't mm-hmm. always focus on, you know, the news because the news is an industry, right? And they are there to make money. And what makes money? You know, salaciousness, scandal, you know, murder, hurt, etc. Right. But outside of that, you know, the world in and of itself, I mean, if you showed up in Scotland right now, chances are you're gonna have an amazing time. Exactly. You never know. I mean, this so I, I try not to judge everything by what you see on the news. And it's very difficult. And I don't, I do not take, if someone feels like, oh, I don't want to go, you know, Saudi Arabia, were you okay? (laughs) It's okay because that's all you know about it. But yes, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's, I love meeting new people. And I'm pretty sure if I went to Scotland, I'm going to have a grand old time. And I would love to go to Scotland. Like, honestly, every single, almost every single country is on my list. Like, I don't, if it's good, you like good food, good culture, let's go. Good right. music, pack my bags. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm there. So, Farida, let me ask you, um, what teacher at any level has had the greatest impact on you? Well, the first one that came into my mind was my mother, actually. She is, she's a teacher. She's an author. She's a speaker. And anyone that has had her as a teacher, even if they didn't like her when they're in the class, they absolutely adore her. She's transformational. She's phenomenal, not only as a mother, but as individual, as a person, as a teacher. And she has been the biggest, the best, the most impactful teacher I've ever had in my entire life, both officially because they, I think I did like a little homeschooling as a kid and she helped me with different subjects for that. But um, yeah, she's, I literally cannot say more great things about her. She is the reason why I am who I am today. Her healing journey allowed me to become the best and most favorite version of myself. And that's why I care so much about parents healing. Because once she started to heal, she became the best mother. Not that she wasn't before. She was a great mother before. But I but she wasn't the best of herself because she wasn't healing herself. She and so for me, she's the best teacher and not only in school, like academics, because she's phenomenal. She has her master's degree in um, English and she's absolutely from top of her class, Dean's list as a kid. But at the same time, she's phenomenal in life and phenomenal in business, phenomenal as a person, phenomenal as a mother. So yeah, I'm going to stop right there because I I literally can talk about her for hours. And that is because of what? The foundation of healing the inner child. And so... Again, mind blown. Um, and, <laughs> and yes, I've had other people talk about, you know, the, the greatest teacher or, you know, the person, the teacher that's had the greatest impact on them, you know, has been their parents. But no one has been as eloquent, you know, and no one has personalized it quite the way you did. Right. So, so it wasn't just, Hey, she's a great mom, and you know she made all my favorite dishes, and you know, and I learned to bake. Okay, there, there was probably some of that, a fair amount of that, but there's the you know, my mom became the best version of herself, and then that helped me become the best version of myself. Um, she walked so I could run. Come on, Farida. 
Ooh, that's good. <laughs> Thank you. I feel like I got that from somewhere. It was definitely not in my head. But some was their setup, the original author of that. But that was the first thing that came to mind wow. when he said that. Okay. That really was good. I'm not, and, <laughs> and you know, and again, right, you know, we don't want to, you know, take credit for someone else's saying. Um, but yeah, coming out the way it did, yeah, that was that was spot on. <laughs> I like that. All right. So, Farida, this is the last question I have for you. And before I ask it, I'm just going to say thank you, thank you, thank you for allowing us to take this time and for everything that you have shared. Uh, this has this has blessed me tremendously, more than you could know. And I'm sure, you know, our listeners, once they hear it, um, they will feel the same way. So, you know, before I get into this last question, I just, again, wanted to say that and just, you know, how much I appreciate you. I appreciate you too. This this means a lot more than you can know as well. So that's okay. feeling is mutual. Good, good. Um, all right. So we are going to go back in the time machine to your 18-year-old self. And we are going to ask the Farida of today to give her 18-year-old self some advice. What would that be? I would sum it up in a couple of words. And I would say, you are enough. And everything flows from there. And if anyone wants to know more about that, I highly recommend it. And I know, I mean... I'm all about promoting other people as good. And I highly recommend people pick up the book, I Am Enough by Marissa Pierce. It's not, there's no advertisement, nothing. I'm just saying that because they would understand the power in I'm Enough if they're able to read that book and see how deep that I'm Enough goes. I believe at 18, I was struggling with the concept of me being enough. Very, I've always been extremely confident. Like anyone who does, I've always been confident. However, I've had a lot of shaky moments and I've had a lot of trauma and a lot of things that set me back. But to the core, I, I was struggling with I'm enough. And that's why it was very confusing to feel like I'm a confident person, but I, I, I feel this way. I don't feel like, you know, there's a lot of conflicting emotions and I'm realizing this because I didn't feel like I was enough. And like you said at the beginning, you said something very powerful in the beginning. We all want to be loved and accepted. And that is exactly what she goes into in the book. And so just not just, oh, love, except you just understand that anything that's not anything that's telling yourself that you're not enough is something that someone else put in you. And they only said that because they didn't feel like they were enough. And that was it. Agreed. Nothing more to add to that. Period. <laughs> Period. Period.com. <laughs> how, about, how about that? Exactly. All right. Well, Rita, again, we've come to the end of our time together. But before we go. How can people best get in contact with you? Um, social media handles, et cetera. How, how can people do that? I am Cyber Farida. So C-Y-B-E-R and then F-A-R-E-E-D-A-H. And I know you'll have that in the show notes and below. But CyberFarida.com, at CyberFarida, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and then Farida Shahid on LinkedIn. But once you go to one, there's links for others. And then if you want my website, you can go to cyberfrida, I think I said that, cyberfrida.com. And then for the services to protect your kids online, that is safekidsmovement.com. So safekidsmovement.com. Okay. And of course, we will have all of that in the show notes. But again, Farida, 
from the bottom of my heart, thank you for your time. Thank you for the beautiful spirit that you are. Um, thank you for the amazing work that you are doing in the ecosystem for parents, um, for their kids, keeping them safe. Uh, but honestly, thank you for making the world a better place. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's, it, that's everything that I strive to be every single day. Um, and I appreciate, I appreciate that beyond the, not anything I could say. So thank you too. And it's my absolute pleasure. You're welcome. Pleasure. You're welcome. <laughs> my absolute well, hey, pleasure. Farida, again, thank you. And it's redundant, but there it is. You know, it's an honor to do these podcast episodes. And it's not just, hey, we're putting out great content, you know, but we are, we are, and that's why I don't mess a lot with, you know, sponsorships and this and that, because I don't want there to be any barriers. I don't want there to be any hurdles to people getting access to what they need, right? And so that's why I'm so looking forward to this episode. We will expedite this out because it just needs to be heard. So again, I appreciate you. And with that, Tacoman Presents family, thank you as always for listening. And be sure to tune in next time when we will have another technology expert share their wisdom. Goodbye for now. You've been listening to another episode of Tech and Main Presents. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Don't forget to tell your friends. And thanks for being a part of the Tech and Main Presents community.